We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This is Ram football right here. This is the Ram football. The lead comes over. Peters comes over. You get Sue. Brandon Cooks comes over. I mean, you guys are loaded. Yeah, I like it. What better place to do it in, in L.A.? This one of the hottest teams in the National Football League. We going to win games. When you got a running back like I do, you got a front seven like I do now. Ooh, that's kind of what make us pros, man. We can handle change fast, you know. The Rams. The Rams. The Rams. Rampage. Radio. Radio. You're listening to Rampage Radio Podcast. Here are your hosts, J-Rob and Jay. J-Rob and Jay. J-Rob and Jay. What's good? What's good? Welcome to Rampage Radio Podcast. This is your boy, J-Rob, right here on the road. What's up, y'all? It's Jay. Hope you guys are doing good. Hope you guys are having a great week. Always good to be back on the Rampage Radio Pod. What's up, man? How's your week, Jay? It's been pretty straightforward. And I say that because, you know, I do the same thing every night, work a baseball game. But the fact that I could watch the Rams... They played at 4 o'clock Eastern time, which was 3 o'clock Central time on Saturday. And my game wasn't until Saturday night. So I was able to catch the entire first half nice, and most of the second half. So I was really happy to be able to watch the boys. Uh, but that was the highlight of my weekend, obviously. What about you? Well, um, weekend was pretty good. Um, so we had planned on getting out of town this weekend for our little baby moon. Uh, we got a child coming next next couple months, as I mentioned last week. So we decided just to lay low here in town. And uh, my wife had scheduled us a uh, a massage. Ooh! And we went to this place, which I had no idea what it was. We went to this place. It's called Soul Spa. That sounds like a winner. It's a it was a foot massage. So it's a it's a soul like the sole of your feet. So we went to Soul Spa. 
went in there, got the feet rubbed on, you know, laid laid back. So it was, it was a nice nice afternoon, and uh, Sunday was good. My travel team had practice on Sunday, so it was, got to see those guys again. And all in all, a good weekend. Got to, got to catch the Rams. So first time watching them um, live. The previous 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 game, I watched them on on a record. So that was cool to kick back, watch the Rams, and uh, all in all, it's pretty good. Yeah, but we got a uh, we got an awesome show lined up for this week. We're gonna um, obviously talk about the Oakland game. Uh, we got some some interesting comments from some fans that that uh, pay attention to us online that reached out to us. We're gonna talk about some of the personnel moves the Rams are making. We're gonna preseason preview the next game versus the Texans, and then we'll kind of chop it up, see what's going on with the rest of the league. And I got some inter- interesting lines, futures bet lines at the end of the show. Yeah, so that's what we got lined up, and uh, you know, be sure to go follow us on Twitter at Rampage Radio Pod. And also follow uh, Rams Talk at Talk Rams. We are on iTunes, as we've mentioned before. So please subscribe and rate us five stars. We appreciate all the love that we get from that. Do it. Uh, Interact with the show, which is obviously what has happened for the first time this podcast. So we're excited about that. And we want that interaction in future podcasts as well. You know, you can email us. You can tweet us. Uh, and remember that we are officially teamed up with Rams Talk now, and you can follow them at Talk Rams, as I mentioned. Uh, they also have a Facebook page, and that's facebook.com backslash Rams Talk. I do also want to give another plug here at ramsondemand.com. If you're not a part of that forum yet, it's a great community where everyone who is there is pretty much a Rams fan, obviously, and there's just an awesome camaraderie that you have there. So check all those things out. Get yourself prepared for these games and all things Rams. You can also do that at ramstalk.net, which is the the website there. No other site is offering three podcast shows, and we're all bringing something new to the table with different dialogues and different uh, counterparts. So anyway, Oakland Thoughts. The overall thoughts. Let me start out by saying this. For me, the overall thoughts that I have on this game was, A, the defense was flying around the field all game long. Maybe not as much in the fourth quarter, but all game long, the defense was just all over the place. They were executing. They were making the tackles they needed to make. There was only like one or two missed assignments that I saw. One was between Bryce Hager and Rameek Wilson where they had a long pass play where those guys kind of got tangled up. No one knew what was going on. Um, So the defense, great job. The energy, something that was there that we didn't see week one. Two, there weren't a lot of penalties in this game, and that's always a promising thing when there are not a lot of penalties. If there's not a lot of penalties, you're doing something right, and you give give yourself a chance to win the game. So, But I am still confused on the helmet rule. Yeah, we're, we're all confused on the helmet rule. You, you can look across the league and everyone's confused about the helmet rule. I mean, the one that in, in particular sticks out to me, the, the guy in uh, Minnesota, you saw that play, right? Oh, the defensive back and the running back. He, he like sacked the quarterback and it was like, hit no, him. that was a personal, that was a personal foul for roughing the pass. Okay. That was not the helmet rule. Oh, okay. The helmet one was on the running back yes. who went to the left side and the cornerback was right on top yeah, of yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Both of them were terrible calls. I mean, the, the quarterback has the ball and he gets a roughing the passer. I mean, what? <laughs> because he landed on him. I mean, what are we doing to the game, man? It's, it's quite alarming. I mean, we're going to go off on a tangent here, but do you think that they're going to come off of this rule a little bit in the regular season? Or do you think they're... They don't have a, cho- they don't have a choice but to. I, I think that 
the NFL told its officials and said, all right, guys, this is these are the new rules. Let's go ahead and implement them with force for the preseason so these guys have an idea. It's almost like the minor league pitch clock thing, right? You don't you have a clock in the major leagues, but it doesn't really apply to the major league game. In the minor leagues, we have the pitch clock and you see guys that are reacting to it because we have to enforce the rule. It's the same in the NFL, I think. And I think that once the season starts, it won't be as bad as what we've seen in the preseason. But hey, I don't know, man. It's all about protecting the players today. If they're setting a precedent this preseason, then, I mean, the game is officially changed. If, if this is now football, if this is what football is these days and moving forward, then one, there's going to be a lot of people that are just going to be tired of this shit and they're going to say, you know what, I'm, I got something better to do with my time. And second, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if players down down the line, kids and stuff, might not be playing football. So, anyways, that's how I see it. It's it's supposed to be the other way around, where you're going to promote health and promote wellness in the game. But I think you know if they keep it like this, then I think they'll end up doing more harm than good. Regardless of this helmet rule, um, overall the offense you know was vanilla, and and as was the defense. Not a whole lot of stunts going on. Not a lot of blitzing going on. Um, and I absolute hate that we play Oakland week one and we just got done playing them for the preseason, uh, for our second preseason game. It's like, what are you thinking NFL? Why are you doing this? And the game was a direct reflection of how bad of a decision that was on the NFL's part. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you got all these teams in the league, why you would play a team in the preseason and and the first game of the season, I think I saw where it was the only the fourth time in NFL history that this happened. Only four times ever. So why, when you have the ability to schedule anybody versus anybody, you would pair two teams up that play in week one? I, I think that's just the stupidest shit ever. You should honestly, you should play the team from the other side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, it, it should be like baseball, interleague play. Preseason, you're not going to see this team. Most likely, you're not going to see this team in the regular season. You should be playing two teams that you could probably schedule to where two teams that will never play each other play play in the preseason. Now, I'm not sure if you're doing four games, if that can work out uh, based on the schedule. But there's really no point to have two teams play first that had just finished coming off the preseason game. It doesn't make sense. It, it clearly affected the game. It was vanilla the whole time. That's the word everyone's saying. Um, n- neither team wanted to put anything on film. The way they can look back and say, oh, they'd run this blitz or they're going to run this coverage or they're going to do this screen. What? So it was yeah. very boring. Yeah. Um, you know, all in all, dude, I thought it was good to get a win. You know, the old saying goes winning cures everything. So they got a dub. You know, they're, they're in the building. They're feeling good this week. Um, you know, for me, the thing that I take away overall, I thought the D lineman really showed out. Yeah. I thought the, uh, you know, it was good energy. You know, once again, I would love to see the starters, uh, but it's great to see some of the young guys, both on the offense line and D line. And for me, one thing that I take away is, is and it's small and he might not play a big part, but seeing Sam Shields back out there, I thought that was a really cool thing to see. Yeah. Him coming back from his injuries and his situation. So, but let's dig, let's dig in a little deeper. Um, let's talk about offense, lock in on a few things. What caught your eye watching this offense? You know, for me, I'm a big guy who believes in building from the inside out in the trenches. So I think you got to start up front where it all begins. And uh, Jamon started again as expected. And there was a time or two when he got beaten pass pro, but still not enough to evaluate his performance, in my opinion. 
Uh, we have a good idea of what Brown, of what Brown brings to this to the starting unit at this point, and it's clear that he's still getting in game shape, as they like to say. And um, you know, preseason, you're just knocking the rust off. You know, next week is going to be really uh, a big indication on where your offensive unit is, especially a guy like Jamon Brown who has played the first two preseason games. The next guy is the is the guy that everyone is talking about, and that's Joseph Noteboom, and he is the heir to the starter position, at least as it looks now, to a starter position. Obviously, things can change, but if you're calling the shots as it sits, he looks to be a future starting offensive lineman, without question. He looks so comfortable and natural out there, and his pass pro is really solid thus far, and you would assume that's only going to improve as he develops. So let's take a quick listen as to what Noteboom had to say after the game here. Do you feel like, or have they told you that there's a shot you might be able to fill in for Jamon at that right guard spot? Does that feel like um, attainable yeah, to you? Yeah, they haven't said anything, but um, definitely getting reps there um, in the game and in practice. So uh, I guess trying to see who can fill that spot, but feel comfortable there. You feel like you could step in if yeah. you're the one they call. Mm-hmm. So what Joseph just said is that he's comfortable, and that is exactly what I alluded to before we played the clip. And so I'm just really excited about what he's going to bring. Uh, and obviously, I'm biased as a huge Rams fan. It's just really encouraging to see what he's done in the first two preseason games thus far. Yeah, no, we're, we've been high. You in particular have been high on No Boom since draft night. Um, uh, you, you liked him in the combine. You liked him after we drafted him. Um, yeah, and, and I like him too. And he's definitely been a huge talking point as far as uh, the offensive line and the way he fits and what he's been able to do. Yeah. Um, but my thing is this, man. I think that that though he's played well and though and he definitely has played well um you know i'm gonna be a little bit slower to jump on it and be all super excited about it is he gonna be quality depth right now 100 percent, yes he is quality depth um but i'd be more interested to know how how is he faring against indomitian sue in practice how is he doing against some of these guys that are actual first teamers um you know remember he's only played two preseason game preseason games and basically against all backups so this next week, one will be very interesting to see how he does against maybe a starting D line. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited to have him. I think he's going to be a, a good player. He could end up being very valuable down the line. Yeah. But right now, I'm still kind of taking a wait and see. Um, but you know, I, I think nothing less. If nothing less or nothing else, he'll he'll be quality depth for the Rams this season. Exactly. And I think we would all agree on that point right there. So you make a good point there. I will say that I didn't really see anything bad from. Brian Allen or Jamil Demby, which is encouraging, but it's also clear that they are still have they still have some work to do as expected. Uh, however, Demby did have a really nice rep uh, when Manion threw the bomb to Kaderil Hodge. Though uh, he was isolated outside on the defensive end, and he did his job and allowed Manion to have some time. And you know that was it was really good to see and encouraging to also see those young guys, rookies as well, play at a consistent level for the most part. I am still a big believer, as most people are, in John Kelly. And I know that he's going to have some sort of impact on this team. And that guy, he just runs downhill for the most part. Uh, We did see him dance around a little bit here and there, but uh, John Kelly is the guy that I'm really excited to see. And let me just say this. Going to the tight end position, I am still kind of... I just have some unanswered questions about the position in general, the depth. You know you're going to have... Gerald Everett, and you know you're going to have Tyler Higby. Who is going to step up after that? Tamara Hemingway? No. I mean, is that the guy we're looking at right now? No way. 
No way, dude. I, I mean, I don't want to be hard on the young man. Um, he just doesn't carry himself with his body language. Like he's, he's really wanting to fight to get it and make this team. And now that could be the way, the way he is. He's, he just carries himself that way. But if I'm a GM and I'm looking from, from the, the eye in the sky, don't lie, as they say. So he doesn't carry himself and he's dropping easy passes. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of good players that are fighting for his position. And, you know, I think he better play better if he, if he wants to be on this team moving forward. Yeah. He better play better. And, uh, he better play better. He better play better. <laughs> you know, well, to better play better is Justin Davis because I just mentioned John Kelly. And the thing is, is my question going back to the running back position is, was this the game that potentially John Kelly overtook the third string running back job or maybe even number two over Malcolm Brown? Because Justin David was he was hurt, didn't get any reps, and John Kelly just toted the rock all game long, pretty much. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the old saying is, you know, you can't make the club in the tub. Can't make the club in the tub. You've never heard that? You can't make the club in the tub? You can't make the club in the tub, dude. If you hurt. You in the you in the tub, then your ass ain't gonna make the, the club. So if he's gonna be sitting in the in the tub, then he might not make the club. So going back to your point about the running backs, I think that John Kelly is is further cementing his role in this team. Um once again, still early, two preseason games and all that, all that stuff. But he looks apart. He shows great burst. Um, you know what? I think that I think that he can help this Rams maybe as the number two. Stop traffic, but maybe he's the number two guy before it's all said. Well, done. Malcolm Brown is definitely looking over his shoulder because that running back room is filled with talent, and I don't think they're they're going to keep four running backs. But uh, to truth be told, if they let go of one of these guys, whether it's Malcolm Brown or Justin Davis, I don't think it's going to be Malcolm Brown. I really do think Justin Davis might be the outside looking in at this point. If he gets released or he goes to the practice squad, he's going to be picked up immediately because of what he's shown this preseason and what he did last preseason. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a room that I'm really happy about. Lastly, there were some nice plays from the, from the previously mentioned Kadero Hodge, who actually reminds me of Robbie Anderson of the New York Jets. Well, they're like twins. They're like Stiggs. They're Stiggs? Sticks. Both those guys are tall and lanky and, and lean. That was that why you picked him? Absolutely. Well, he looked like him. He just looks like he plays. He plays like him. Yeah. He plays bigger than his size, uh, as far as like weight. I don't want to say height because he's six two, but yeah. like you said, he's a stick. But he became the go to guy for Allen, and so that's kind of what I saw on the offense. What did you see? Well, um, for me, we talked about John Kelly. Um, he, I think he's a dude. I think he's going to help his team. Um, it, for me, it starts starts you know under center. And Sean Mannion, once again, um, you know, did he have a better day? Yes. Um, I'm not sure he really, really did enough to change someone's opinion. And he's been a big talking point in Rams Nation all week long because he was awful last week. And people are talking, people are freaking out. Hey, is, is he a number two? Is he a legit number two? Um, if, if Goff goes down, are we going to be in trouble? But, you know, looking by the numbers here, he goes, he goes 10 for 16 for 84 yards. Okay. All right. 10 for 16. So, so much more consistent, seemed to be on target a little bit more. Um, but he, you know, half of his yards were on one pass to your boy Hodge. You just, you just mentioned, and that was a jump ball, dude. 
Okay, it wasn't a, a post where he led them and, and, and let, laid them out or anything. It wasn't a it wasn't a you know a ball in the end zone or it wasn't a helmet. It, it was a jump ball, which you can argue that he he kind of threw it behind the guy, and that's why he was even caught. So um, you take away that one play, and now we're looking at his numbers being nine for fifteen for thirty seven yards. Mm. So you're looking at around less than less than five five yards per per pass, and and that's not going to be good enough i mean he i just don't think he shows the ability to really push the ball down the field and though he made that one pass you know i don't i don't think that he's doing enough to really make you feel good about where we are as uh our number two quarterback man let me jump in on this i'm not gonna sit here and say that i'm on the positive side for manion i'm like yeah dude i'm feeling good about it obviously what he's shown has not been very good as we all have mentioned and have seen I'm also not ready to completely write him off yet, primarily because he's all we got. I mean, are we going to trust Allen to come in there? He hasn't shown us enough to do anything. But because of the vanilla play call, because of the lack of starters on your offensive line and at the wide receiver position, I'm not ready to write him off yet. And I don't want to write him off because you mentioned this to me before, and that's simply put this way we want to root for him we don't have a choice but to root for him and so it seems like to me that he's all we got like i said i'm just not ready to say yep he's the guy or yep he's not the guy well i mean he he wouldn't be the guy if you had a better option that's that is fact so you look across the league i I, you know the philly philly situation and what happened last year i feel like it's making all these other teams feel some type of way about it. And it's like, you know what? Most people aren't in the situation that the Eagles are in. Most people are are in the situation the Rams are in where, you know, you really don't feel great about your number two. And that's just that's just how it is. There's not enough elite quarterbacks in the world to go, you know, to be spread across all these teams. So the Rams are in that situation. They don't feel good about the number two. If I'm if I'm the GM, if if I'm head coach, I don't feel great about the number two. But at the end of the day, I feel pretty damn good about our number one. So as long as he stays healthy, I think we'll be all right. And if he goes down, then, you know, we're not going to be able to do a whole lot of things, special things um, for when it comes to this offense. So that's kind of the position we're in. That's the position that most teams are in. So going back to the offense, a couple of things here. We'll move on. Um, the tackles. You mentioned Williams last week or Lucas and how they played like shit. Do you remember talking about how, that last how week? How could I forget, dude? They were terrible last week. So did you see anything you know, this week that kind of changed your mind or do you think they both are, are, are struggling? <laughs> well, to be quite frankly, they, they, to be quite frank, they didn't really show me anything that's going to even solidify a roster spot. I mean, they are backups. You can't even consider one of those guys a swing tackle at this point. Right. I definitely for sure do not think that they will both make the team. I honestly believe that they both might get cut. One of them could make the team. Right. But after what we've seen from Dimby and Noteboom, these two guys, in my opinion, are clearly underneath those guys on the depth chart. What did you did you see anything from them in your opinion? No, no, no. Same 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 camp for me. I mean, I you know, I thought they they did play better, you know, because it was obvious quarterback had a little bit more time. Um, but all in all, you know, they just don't look as comfortable. They don't look as natural as, as the other guys you mentioned. So let's kick it on the other side of the ball. Let's talk about defense. Uh, I mentioned, I mentioned your boy's shields earlier in the show and how well I was glad to see him on the field. 
Um, and he didn't really stand out on the field as far as his play, but it's just nice to see him getting out there and getting a little burn. Yeah. Um, wh- what about you? What did you What did you see on defense for uh, this week against the Raiders? Well, as I mentioned in the overall comments, the energy that they brought was completely different than last week. And that's something that didn't surprise me because McVay called out those guys after last week's matchup and, perform- and performance overall. But like I said, they were flying around to the ball. Um, and Marquis Christian was my Ram on the radar this week as he was in on quite a few plays and really played a solid game. The guy was making tackles. The guy broke up a pass. He was on my screen the entire first half when our team was on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, when they were playing defense, he was in every shot. He was in every shot. And you know why I know that? Because he's got dreadlocks, just like Sammy Watkins. And so so he was my Ram on the radar this week. Um, So he did a really solid job in coverage, which was very encouraging for the depth of the secondary, uh, especially at the safety position. It's also no news that John Franklin Myers was going to eventually get called upon, and he made a great debut wearing the horns. Uh, there, uh, there's nothing really more for me to say there because he did his thing. Um, and the other guy that I mentioned last week uh, was Micah Kaiser. Once again, kind of like Christian, he was in every shot on defense that, that was on your screen. He was always around the football, and he's the guy that I look to be a starter down the line, to be honest with you, because he's got the smarts, he's got the size. He's not going to blow you away with the speed sideline to sideline per se, but he's the guy that can fill the the holes and, and make a tackle for a loss, which is something I've really said over and over the past quite a few months of having a, a guy like that. And this guy does that for you. I actually like him better than Ramick Wilson or Ramik Wilson. And so I kind of hope that he plays a lot this third preseason season game. I don't think he will, but... He's a guy that I like. What about you defensively? What did you got? Overall, uh, I'll comment on the energy. I, th- I think that, like you said, it was a lot better than the week before. Um, for me, the one thing that caught my eye is Samson uh, Ibukam. Uh, so let's check him out. Let's see what he had to say after his performance against the Raiders. Two starters have really played in the offensive defense. Why are you still out there? Why? Yeah. Because I got something to prove to the coaches. Because uh, we lost a, a key factor in Robert Quinn and uh, CB uh, last year, so we're all just trying to earn our spots, and I got to put something to the coaches. What's it like to just be in a position group that has so many guys that are rotating in at the spot? Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. It keeps you on your toes because you always want to like do good, and uh, you can like just see today. Uh, I was out for one play, and then uh, Lala came in, made it a great uh, sack fumble. So. You know, it's it's that close of a competition. Everybody's trying, always trying to put their best foot forward. So, so yeah, that was interesting. Nice little interview there for uh, Ibukam. Um, I, my favorite part about the interview was when the the reporter asked, uh, "So why were you out there?" And he goes, <laughs> "Well, I got something to prove." And and I love that he has that attitude and that he's got taking that mindset that. Every rep he gets is a valuable rep, so he's got something to prove. I don't know if I would ask that same question, but oh my god, dude, this is—I mean, how does a <laughs> how does a reporter ask a question? Why are you still out there on the field playing? Well, may, maybe we took it out of context, and it's it was referring to him. No, 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 <laughs> no. We didn't take it out of context. It was a stupid question, and I don't care what she looks like. The point is. He's out there to play and try and earn the starting role. Exactly. And to try to play. Exactly, exactly. Well, I thought he did a pretty damn good job of that. Did you? 
Agreed. I, I think it was a good back-to-back performance. He didn't have a sack or nothing, but he had some pressures, um, and he he looks he looks the part, and that's what you want out of a guy who you're trying to to put in in a starting position. Um, and so it was encouraging to see him put together back-to-back performances. Overall, really good showing for Ibukam. Um, you know, I lo- love to hear his passion of the game, and I think he's going to be a good player for the Rams. Now, let's get to my Ram on the radar. John Franklin Myers. I thought this guy right here showed all his ability, pressure on the quarterback, getting off the line. His jumps were great. Um, you know, Wade Phillips calls him the law firm. He's got so many damn names. And he plays like he's he's all business, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and I think this guy right here is going to help this team uh, this season. What do what you, you think from uh, John Franklin Myers' law firm? Everything that we expected and what we've heard out of camp, he backed it up, and it was only preseason game one for him. Uh, I want to see what he does in preseason game three and four. Yeah, some other guys caught my attention. Um, Bryce Hager. What do you, you think about that guy, man? This this dude showed real effort. Um, he, he just looks like a football guy. We're going to pull a little plug for for um, our stepdad, Paul McGowan, played linebacker at Florida State and for the Minnesota Vikings. hey You know, s- smaller white guy. Um, former Buckus Award winner, and uh, he, he played with a nasty aggression. And honestly, I, I, this is what I saw to Hager. He was he was all over the field. He was sticking his nose into all these tackles, and um, you know I was I was very surprised to see him play that well. And um, I, I think that maybe he could be a piece. Yeah, well, he has been a piece for a couple of years now. But I'm going to tell you something. I think what I was impressed the most by was when he ran down the field on a seam route. And it was a good throw. He didn't turn his head around, but he made the, he made the play. Yeah, he, I don't want to say he necessarily broke up the pass because it hit the guy's hands, but he was right there, stride for stride. So he can run with the tight effort ends. play, man. He, uh, he made the effort absolutely, play. Absolutely, absolutely. So he plays that, hard. There's no doubt he does play hard, and that's like, that's what you want to see out of a backup linebacker. That you you talked about Tamarick Hemingway and how he didn't look like he wanted to be there. Yeah. this guy wants to be there. This guy wants to put on the uniform every day, and he wants to go out there and make plays for his team and 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 just do whatever he can to help this team win. All right, we're going to take a break here at Rampage Radio. When we come back, we're going to take a couple takes from other fans' perspectives. Uh, we're going to listen to some of the guys. We had a, one particular caller reach out to us, and we talked about the Rams. So give us a break. We'll be right back on the Rampage Radio podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rampage Radio Podcast, and we appreciate you tuning in. And as Jay said before the break, we're going to check out some of the fans' perspectives about the ball game with the Raiders. And starting out with Ram Husker from RamsOnDemand.com, who is actually a Rams On Demand sponsor. Um, and I, again, I knew I put in a plug earlier, but I got to again because Rams On Demand, I've been a member of that of that site for probably six years now and i hey, went no over free to ads on bro no free ads they're not paying I, it's all right it's all good <laughs> man i just but i have to say this because it's true i was in rams talk which is uh it was a column for or not a column a forum on the post dispatch when they were in st louis and now that they're out of la i felt right at home with rams on demand which obviously i joined well before they left st louis so it's just a really awesome site again if you haven't joined up there you need to it's awesome so 
Rams on demand guy Ram Husker is his uh, screen name, and he this is what he responded about the game when we asked some opinions. This might be the best draft class in a very long time for the Rams. Micah Kaiser is for real. John Franklin Myers is for real. John Kelly is for real. Joseph Noteboom is for real. Nate and Nate Holly are showing some promise. If you don't know anything about Nate and Nate Holly, they're 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 brothers, obviously, because they have the same last name and the same first name. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see that these guys are both on the squad. The squad, the great white hope, as we like to say, yeah. two white dudes holding know, it down, playing safety, holding it down. <laughs> exactly. That's that's right. And so obviously, Rame Husker was really intrigued by these guys, and he's then he as he says, they are showing some promise. Uh, he also says, not hearing Brian Allen's or Jamil Demby's name much, good or bad. Let's comment on that. We've already talked about these two guys. I think it's good. No news is good news right now at that point. I mean, you know, if, if they're usually going to get called out if something goes wrong, if, if they miss an assignment, if they get whipped and give up a sack, that's when you, that's when you hear their name. If, if you're not hearing their name, then that means they're, they're doing a pretty good job. That's how I see it. And there's no flags. Exactly. Exactly. The penalties, as we mentioned, there wasn't any penalties this past preseason game. We, the Rams actually did very well in that regard this last game. And so so that was something that was to be seen that was awesome. No penalties. Yeah, good, good stuff there. Uh, your boy Ram Husker goes on. He talks about uh, Kaderil Hodge. And he, he says, Prairie View A&M, are you kidding me? He, so he, I guess he's surprised that this guy's coming from such a small school, but he says that he, he can battle for the ball and has some nice mitts on him. So he must like his gloves that he's wearing. He must be hot and thinks the gloves look cool or something. So, um, he also no, said, dude, he, he's just, you know, we all know what that fool saying. He's saying this dude can straight up catch the rock, bro. Exactly. Throw him the ball. So then he also thought that, uh, he said, who shot Jojo Natson out of a cannon? He's, he thinks that JoJo is about to win the job. What do you think about that? Well, Fedro Cooper is obviously the main pump returner, but I wouldn't be opposed to putting a guy like this back there on uh, the kickoffs. I mean, kickoffs are done, bro. You don't even need a guy back there these days. No, 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 dude. There's been a lot of returns. Everyone's coming out of the end zone because those those guys don't have a running start anymore. They're, everyone's bringing the ball uh, out, of the, out of the end zone, and this guy could be. They are. Watch the games. I think they're. I get it. I am watching the games, but I don't know if that'll continue in the regular season. Why? Why Why are they bringing him out right now? Why? Because these guys are trying to make a team. If, if they freaking take a knee, then uh, then what good is that? If they house a 110-yard return, yeah, they, they, they're going to put that on film. If they take a knee, then they're not going to put it on film. I, I get, so I get they're, that. They're way more likely to come out. They're way more I, likely. I, under, I understand that, but at the same token, these guys are not coming down 100 miles an hour like they were when they had a 10-yard start an extra 10 yards what, you don't think they can get to top speed by the time they get there i'm not saying that i'm just saying that there's yes, more they it can. is more apt for the for the receiving team to be able to get on their blocks easier because these guys aren't flying down the field as fast therefore the res, the return men can get out of the end zone a lot quicker and no, make, I, get, I think you're making a solid point but i think that uh, um when the regular season gets here there'll be more knees taken than they are right now maybe well, that 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 will that's what's gonna happen will, well, that's what's gonna happen. Oh, and these these kickers are gonna be kicking out of the back of the damn end zone. So it's no, like, they they they're not all Greg the legs Zerline, dude. Not all of them can do that. Well, you know it, that that play is 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 a dying breed. At some point, at some point in the next few years, they're gonna say stick the damn ball in the twenty five and just you know keep it rolling. So, um, all right. So next we have another Rams on demand fan, Dennis, who goes by Den the coach. 
Uh, first of all, shout out to Din, the coach, for hitting us up and giving us a call, actually, and then wanted to check in with us and wanted to talk about the Rams. All right, so let's give a listen to Din, the coach, and hear what he has to say after the game. Uh, I w- reviewed the game. I actually watched it uh, live, and then I reviewed it again and uh, and, and watched it uh, two or three times. What I really focused on and what I enjoy kind of focusing on is the offensive line play. So I got a good look at Joseph Noteboom, and I thought he played outstanding. I think that was a great draft choice. I mean, he comes from Texas Christian University. That's a great environment. I've been to Fort Worth several times. It's a nice campus. Uh, actually coached by one of the good guys in uh, Gary Patterson. So uh, it sh- he showcases the maturity and uh, been a great draft choice, in my opinion, especially from the neck up. He seems to know where he needs to be. And his footwork, being that he's a former ice hockey player, uh, he showcases that as well, being very nimble and was very stout at the point of attack in, in that game as well. Brian Allen came across really well in the game also. So it was it was nice to see some of the draft choices really producing uh, for the Rams, especially with the backups in the game. And I thought that they gave uh, Mannion ample protection and even gave Brandon Allen protection when they were only in there in the third quarter. Uh, as far as one, one player that I thought I expected a little more out of, especially last year when you heard glowing reports before his injury about uh, tight end Tamaric, uh Hemingway, I mean, we know that that's kind of an area of improvement that we're looking for this season. And basically watching Hemingway in that game, I thought the routes weren't crisp. It didn't seem like he was cutting them off correctly. Didn't seem like he was coming to the ball and seemed a bit tentative in, in the way he was catching the ball. And also his blocking was something to be desired. The other two tight ends on the depth chart, Johnny Munt, made a really nice catch. I actually believe that he's probably uh, got the best hands of any tight end on the squad. And then you have uh, even Henry Krieger Kobler there who got a nice pass from Brandon Allen and took it down the field for like 40 yards. So those guys showed a little bit more than Hemingway that I expected more out of, especially when a coach Sean McVay had gone into detail about what a loss that was last season. So hopefully he picks it up in the next two games but uh, at least the young offensive lineman showed well. Denby needs a little work on, maybe with some strength and conditioning under Coach Rath, but uh, it looks bright from that standpoint. So hopefully the depth on the offensive line is going to be better uh, this season. All right. Obviously, Dennis, or Den the coach, as he is known on the forums, says he really brings up these tight ends. And we kind of, I kind of brushed up on it, the tight ends earlier. We kind of talked about Hemingway and as Den, the coach did. And I am right on board with him on this. You mentioned that, that swag that he doesn't have. And I don't want to say he doesn't have it, but he just, he's not showing it. So he's not showing it now. And, and, um, Den, the coach, let me ask you this. Wait, 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 wait. Let, Let me ask you this. What makes you think that he will end up? showing it what is going to make him kick it up a notch so to speak i don't know i don't know what's going to make him do anything but if he's watching the film if that's not motivation then i don't know what is because he's not showing the player he he probably sees himself as so i mean for me if i'm guessing at this which because I, I don't know him at all um, watching the film would be a damn good motivator on on, on myself and he he's not doing what we need i mean i hear you i, I hear you on that but let me just say this 
you mentioned the film. When you see Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby, the rest of the depth chart, he liked Munt, which I like Munt too, man. Like he said, he probably has the best hands. I don't know if I would necessarily agree that he has the best hands. I think Tyler Higby has some really good hands, although he has not really kind of shown that, especially last year. He's done a better job this year. Uh, but Munt's also a guy who can block pretty well. And so, like I said, I think Hemingway might find himself kind of like Justin Davis on the outside looking in. Um, let's go to another guy, Rams on Demand. His screen name is Merlin. And what do you know? Talking about the tight end position again. Here's what he says. What's out there at tight end for the Rams to supplement their depth chart? I don't know what Colby Fleener's status is with that concussion stuff. Thanks to the Rams, by the way. He went through before the Saints cut him. But he's got to be capable of providing this team some primary backup depth at such an important and underperforming position. I'm sure he'd be intrigued in a one-year contract on a cheap on the cheap that allows him to go get a look in this offense and maybe reestablish himself. <whistles> Colby Fleener. I know that you know about Colby Fleener. We all remember when he came out of we came came out of college. He was kind of a higher touted receiving threat. What do you think about Fleener? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to like I used to love Fleener when he when he got to the league and um thought it was good in, in uh, Indianapolis and I thought that he was I thought he was going to be a little bit better when he got to uh, New Orleans um, he's battled some injury stuff I know that he's he's got some concussion stuff going on and people are really be trying to be safe with all that these days so I think that you know maybe he could maybe he could help the Rams I mean if he's willing to go maybe the Rams will kick the tires on him and see if he's a improvement over what they got right now so um, otherwise um, like, like your boy, Dan was saying, Merlin was also worried about these tight ends. And, you know, I think it's one of the weakest positions we have on the, on the team at this point. Right. Uh, I think we kind of beat the dead horse on the tight end position. Everyone is looking at this, like who is going to do this job, right? Who is going to be the guy? We don't have a Jimmy Graham. We don't have a, a Jordan Reed and which I don't know if he will want Jordan Reed because he can't stay healthy. Um, so who's going to step up? especially down the depth chart. He also says, Merlin, that defensive line room is pretty crowded. I think the discussion of who slots where at the three defensive line positions is a fascinating one right now and something that hasn't been talked about too much. I agree. I think all these defensive linemen are going to rotate in and out, in and out, in and out. You have Ejuan Price. You got Westbrook, who we know is going to stay. We got Trayvon Young. We've got uh, John Franklin Myers, who could play the in position on a passing down, they are loaded in the defensive line room. And that's not even without our best man, Aaron Donald, here. And so I, I agree with him completely. What do you think about the defensive line and the rotations that he's talking about here? Well, I mean, it is crowded. And and it, I think after Donald and Sue, everyone else is, are fighting for positions. And um, you, you, even the even a defensive end is getting crowded. You, they just you know resigned. They just added easily to the roster. Today. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Good call. And um, you know, iron sharpens iron. I think all those those players are talented. And um, I'm excited to see if a young guy like John Franklin Myers, if easily, if who at the tackle is going to step up. And I do know one thing. I, I think at some point. You know, one or all of them are going to really be called upon to help this team um, in such a long, demanding season. All right, so we appreciate you guys reaching out to us this week, Merlin, Den, the coach, and Ram Husker. You three guys appreciate you guys hitting us up, being a part of the show. Anyone else out there after you hear the episode, 
hit us up on the DMs. Um, we'll, we'll see if we can get you guys on the show next week. Okay, so let's look at some other stuff for the Rams this week. Um, there's been a, a few signings as today in particular. Um, the biggest signing we're talking about, Rob ha- Havenstein. Close. Havenstein. 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 Damn it. Rob, hey, you, you got to edit that out. That makes me sound like a fucking idiot. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to save that? <laughs> the Rams sign Rob Havenstein. Sure, that works. That's terrible. <laughs> Rob Havenstein. Apologies to Ram fans. Four-year extension, $32.5 million deal. Winner. I think that that uh, is a great signing. Um, and I, I saw this on Twitter. And I'm going to play this clip for you guys real quick. Mastros, Tomahawk Steak, Butter Cake. Come on, Rob. So who is the excited one there? Roger Saffold. Roger Saffold and 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 Rob, they're about to go get some some steaks is what it sounds like to me. Those guys are eating good tonight. Oh, dude. I loved it. I, at first, I was like, what is he saying? And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's a steakhouse. Yes. And you, you were like, oh, well, he's probably going to take the team out. At least the offensive lineman. Oh, he's say. taking the O-lineman for sure. R- Rob is basically telling him his order at this point. He's like, I'm going to have a butter steak and then whatever <laughs> else he said. <laughs> so he's letting him know, thanks, because I'm eating good tonight on your dime because you just got paid. And I'm going to tell you something, dude. Uh, I don't know about you, but this move, it makes me hot. It makes me happy. And the reason is, I know you can find pretty good left, or excuse me, right tackles in the draft. Those are a lot easier to find than left tackles. But this guy, since he's been drafted, he's been, and they, and they stopped doing all the switching from guard to tackle and things like that. He's been really good and really consistent. Um, and once again, like just like the girly contract, I did not expect the Rams brass to lock up Big Rob so soon, but I'm glad they did. I truly believe that this signing says a couple of things. One, Rob's play, as I just mentioned, has obviously deserved this kind of contract, and there's plenty of proof that this is the case. He's a solid player in that, at that position, and there's no reason not to retain him. Two, now this is kind of, some people might get rubbed the wrong way here, but this is the second thing I think. I personally think that it makes Jamon Brown potentially expandable, expendable at this point. Why? Or expandable. Maybe he's flexible. No, it's not expandable. I said that wrong. I said that wrong, and you freaking know it, you loser. All right. Why do (laughs) I think this, though? Although it's very early, to me, it looks like Noteboom could easily fill the right guard position next season if Whitworth is still around bearing injury, which he should be. And so if he's around, maybe you let Brown walk, and maybe you say, hey, Noteboom, play right guard for us because, dude, as you said, pump the brakes. I get it. But from what we've seen so far, this guy could easily do the job right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, um, you know, offensive linemen are valuable. So I'm, I'm not willing to, to think that, that Brown's expendable um, at this time. But it could happen. It could happen. We'll see what happens. Well, let, let's, let's look at this too, though. Another move that they made. Okay. There was news about Junior Gallette. And if you recall, and I'm not saying pat my shoulder here or toot my own horn, but I did mention Junior Gallette after, right after the season on one of our podcasts that they should look at replacing Barwin with, potentially, Connor Barwin. And it looks like a roster move for him could be in the works. Obviously, as you just said, recording this on Monday, he had a workout today. Um, so we're just going to have to wait and see like we do a lot of things in the NFL. And 
with Okoronkwo's status up in the air with his injury concerns, it makes sense to potentially bring in Galette. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's smart. I think you you got to get help where you need it. And uh, I think Galette's got a pretty decent track record. Um, he knows our linebacker coach, Coach Barry, pretty well. Um, and like you said, you mentioned him in before the offseason started and during the draft, all that stuff. Um, I, I did check out a stat that, that caught my eye as far as um, Junior Galette and his productivity, productivity last year. So if you're looking at players with less than 300 pass, rest, pass rush snaps, and 35-plus QB pressures. There's only three people that fall into that category that have less than 300 pass rushes and had more than 35 QB pressures. Junior Gallette, Miles Garrett, and Elvis Jumerville. So three guys that pretty much, you know, had a productive year, um, you know, a lot, a lot of pressures, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for somebody to come in, move the yeah. spot, play on a third down, um, and you know, if he has a good workout, I wouldn't be surprised if they, um, you know, brought him onto the team. Yep. And you mentioned early Dominic Easley, you name dropped him. And for me, I'm great. I'm glad he's healthy. And I just want to say, okay, now let's see what you can do. Yep. Right. So now that you're healthy, cause he hasn't been, he's had a lot of injury history with him. Now you're healthy. Let's see what you can do. Are you going to be a part of that defensive line rotation? Um, and, and in that thick room, as Merlin was saying earlier, well, guess what? We've been talking about Junior Gallette, and it has just come across the timeline, coincidentally, that the Rams will not be signing Junior Gallette. So all that talk for nothing. See you later. Good luck to you, sir. All right, let's take a quick preview of the Houston Texans game. The Houston Texans game. Mm-hmm. What would you like to see here? You know, I think it's you know it's time to to see the legit starters for one. Um, I think that, you know, you typically this third preseason game has been the most realistic game. Um, you get the first two game mm-hmm. preseason games are kind of cut, you know, walkthroughs with, with some of the starters sitting and a lot of the backups getting time. I think this is the one that you, yeah. you really want to see your starters go. Even if, if it's for a quarter, um, some, some teams might play their ones up to a half. And then usually the next one is also kind of, okay, we don't want to get, want to get anybody hurt. So, um, I want to see the starters. I want to see the young offensive linemen continue to do, to do well. I love to see the law firm, you know, kind of build John Kelly, those guys we've, we've mentioned. Um, interesting line. Um, the game here is, a uh, uh, the Rams minus three points. And, you know, I don't know if you're into betting. Yeah, dude, we've talked about this. They're getting three points. No, no, they're, they're laying three points. What, so that's what minus three means. That means they're favored by three points. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a, I said that completely wrong, but yes, I do understand what it means, but explain that to those who may not know what that means. So basically, yeah, that means they're favored to win by a field goal. So at the end of the day, the, the, the Rams win 30 to 27, then it was a push. So if, if you're going to bet on this game and you're betting on the Rams to win, that means they would have to win by more than three points. So the Rams are favored by three um, you know, not surprised as, uh, the Rams have been favored in most of their games, especially moving forward. They will be. Um, but I'm hoping for this game to see some big explosive plays from golf and get kind of see this offensive line and some of these special guys. See, maybe Brandon Cook to get some time. Yeah. See if we can see, uh, see, see a little relationship forming between those two guys. Yeah. We've heard all about that relationship between Cooks and golf since the beginning. Uh, of the trade, really. And uh, that's something that I want to see as well. I want to see all three of those receivers, Woods, Cups, and Cooks on there. And with Gurley, dude, this offense is really going to be excited to see this year if they stay healthy, man. I mean, 
I we've gone back to this and the Watkins deal, but I am just excited to see Brandon Cooks, man. I remember when he was with the Saints, and now I saw him when he was with the Patriots last year. Um, and and like you, I want to see the starters as well. And I mainly want to see the starting units as a whole on both sides of the ball. I want them to get into a groove of getting hit and also hitting. I want to see the units gel out there and come away without injuries. Nothing really more than coming away with in, without injuries. I mean, that's obviously the big component here. Um, did anything catch your attention around the league this past week? Now, we talked about the, the Houston games. Anything else around the league this past week? Uh, yeah, once again, kind of building off of what we talked about last week, uh, the rookie QBs, once again, kind of, you know, building off of their last starts and, yeah. um, one in particular that, that I was high on, um, Josh Rosen, um, right here in our own division, um, uh, proven to be, you know, it's early, like we say, but he's, he's, he's showing the arm talent that, that we saw in college and, um, him and Sam Bradford are going to be battling. I think Sam Bradford's obviously going to start, but if there's any sign of, of weaknesses, if and especially if there's an injury, dude, this guy right here it might might be a, a special player moving forward. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily want to say it's obvious that Bradford starts. I mean, most people think to be think that it's going to be obvious. I do think he starts. Um, but if Josh Rosen keeps doing what he's doing, as you said, that battle could get really heated up by week one. But yes, I do think that Bradford's going to start. But we all know. He ain't going to play the entire season. He's going to get beat up and banged up somewhere. Um, Allen from Buffalo getting first team snaps in practice as he should with A.J. McCarron going down. Yep. Now, it was reported that he had a fractured uh, collarbone, I believe. Not a fractured collarbone. Something was fractured. I don't really care. No, it was a collarbone. It was a collarbone? It was a collarbone. Okay, I was right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now the news is as it's not fractured. So he's day to day now. Okay. So. I still want to see Allen with the first team. I think that that's intriguing because, like I said, you know, in a few podcasts before, that I wanted to trade up for Allen. And you said Josh Rosen. I am definitely seeing the Josh Rosen here. Yeah. Um, but I am still high on Allen because he's got that arm that he has. Is just It's ridiculous. It's like Joe Flacco all over again, but... I don't know what he is, you know, what's that accuracy look like? So I do want to see him with the starters, and that's what he's going to be able to do. Um, and I'm pulling for him, and I hope he makes the most of his opportunity. Baker Mayfield. Now, he came in the league, obviously he kind of lit the the draft stuff on fire. Remember what we talked about? You you said that he was going to, he should start, and I said, no, Tyrod's going to start. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. I do. Um, two for two. I do remember that. And now it is official that Mayfield is not going to get any snaps with the first team this preseason. And that comes as no shock to me as obviously now we know that it's not Tyrod, it's Tyrod Taylor is the obvious starter there in Cleveland. I do want to see what Adrian Peterson has left now that he's signed with the Skins as he's always been a player that I've pulled for. I still think he could do it. I do because he's been Mr. Invincible, especially after that knee blew, that, that knee that he blew out in Minnesota. He came back like a champ. So I still think that he could do it, and I kind of want to see what he has with the skins. No, we're pulling for him. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson's a beast. So he, if there's anyone that can do it at 33 years old, I think that it's it's him. And um, it's interesting. I was watching them talk about it on TV tonight. He's bat. He's going to be playing on the field that where he blew his knee up in Washington. Mm, and wow, that's, you know, not that that's you know a big deal or anything, but I think that's interesting. I think that he's going to probably use that as motivation. And I would be surprised if they used him on first and second downs and used Kelly 
on third downs and, and, um, based on what down distance they're at. Um, I think, I think he could be a, a nice piece for them. They, they lost guys for the year. That was unfortunate. He was going to be a special player. He still could be. Um, but I think that Adrian, he might have one more rodeo in him. We'll, we'll have to see. Yep. Yep. Um, uh- like you said, just want to see what he provides for the Redskins. I know as probably as their fans, they're probably like, dude, now he lost guys. Well, we can't freaking rely on P. Ryan and Kelly because we saw that. P. Ryan's out. I, P. Ryan's well, out I know, too. I know he's out now, but I'm saying, you know, we saw that act last year and it was not very good. I mean, you're bouncing yeah. around back to back. Kelly had a good run. P. Ryan had a good run. Then Kelly comes back. Then they both suck. And so, uh, you know, as, as a Skins fan perspective probably would be why not bring in Adrian Peterson and just give him the rock and let him just see what he can do because if he still thinks he's got it then dadgummit give him the ball and let's see what he can do you got nothing to lose at this point um okay so let's get to our last segment on the podcast my personal favorite segment each week on the podcast easy money All right, so easy money. Let's introduce you guys to easy money. Each week, I'm going to be picking four or five games that I like and uh, try to win some money this fall during football season. So we call it easy money because I'm trying to make it easy money. Um, now, I see what you did there. That was well done. Well done. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, I looked at a couple futures bets. You know, I'm not going to bet on the preseason, even though I did mention the Rams were minus three. So if you feel good about the Rams, take them at minus three. Um, so I looked at the futures bets for the for the Super Bowl, and it was interesting to see that the Rams have moved all the way up to number two on the odds to win the Super Bowl at plus eight fifty. So for you young gamblers out there, plus eight fifty means you you bet a hundred bucks, you win eight hundred and fifty bucks. So um, the only team ahead of them is the Patriots at plus seven hundred, which is a pretty big jump. So um, you know, what do you think about them having the Rams so high? They basically are saying that looking at these odds, they think it's going to be the Patriots versus the Rams in the Super Bowl. If you're looking at the odds, that's what they're saying. I can't stand the Patriots. Man, I would be so happy. First of all, if they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, obviously, because I just don't like them. I respect them. I respect Belichick and I respect Brady like most people do. Well, maybe not most. I do. But if they were to make it into the Super Bowl, God forbid, it would not do me anything else but make me so happy for us to beat them in the Super Bowl because they beat us in the Super Bowl and they cheated. Yeah. So they say. Well, uh, you know, the Patriots being number one there, Rams number two. What I look at this list, and I'll, I'll read a couple of them here in a second. What catches my eye is that most of these top five or six teams are all from the NFC. So you have you have the Patriots at number one, shocker, at plus seven hundred. Rams at number two, plus eight fifty. Then you have Steelers, Eagles, Packers, Vikings, Saints. So literally five of the top seven teams are from the NFC. Only the Patriots and the Steelers are are ahead of them. So, dude, the NFC is loaded and so has loaded. been for the past couple of years, and it's only going to keep continuing to be like that because of the quarterbacks in, yeah. in the NFC division. You know, in the NFC in general. So that was interesting that the Rams were, were that highly regarded by Vegas. Um, so if you're interested, you think the Rams are going to get it done this week, they're sitting right now at plus 850. Go throw a Benjamin down, win yourself 850 bucks. All right, second one. Nice. I was looking at the MVP odds. I wanted to see where people thought 
Todd Gurley were coming in on the MVP. So, what do you think is the number one favorite, highest favorite to be the MVP? I think you have to go with Tom Brady. Why would you not vote against Tom Brady? Or why would you vote against Tom Brady? At Tom this Brady, point? good guess. Tom Brady comes in at number three. Aaron Rodgers is the clear favorite, according to Vegas, at plus five fifty. How and how is he the clear favorite, dude? He's the dude, bro. He was, a, I know he's a dude, but he was hurt almost all of last year. Well, then Vegas and, thinks that he's coming back. Uh, uh, they they must. Is not. it because of Jimmy Graham? Is it because now you've added him as a weapon that he's going to be the MVP now? No, I mean, man. they still got Adams, who I think has a massive year this year. Um, Nice. So um, they have Rodgers at the, the highest. Wentz is number two. Then your boy Brady comes in at number three. So um, all these are quarterbacks. One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, 12 quarterbacks. And then the very first position player on the list is none other than Todd Gurley plus 3,000. So throw a th- throw 100 bucks down, win three grand. Todd Gurley's MVP. You win three grand. All is right in the world. So that's what I got this week. The Rams are plus 850 on the Super Bowl odds. And Todd Gurley plus 3,000 on MVP. And interesting to note that your boy Jared Goff is plus 330 on the MVP. So he's right there next to Gurley on the odds. So Well, he's, he's, he, you know, he's, he should be. Uh, I mean, with like, a, like I said, what he was able to do last year, you can only expect improvement, I think. I think that's fair to say. Um, I'm not a betting man, but there's a lot of good information here. And as Jay said, that is going to be your easy money picks this so week. Easy money this week for the season. Easy right? money this week. This week we'll do it. Uh, we'll do it every week. We'll see what we can find next week for you as far as the betting lines go. So, but for now, check those those guys out and call your bookie. All right. So great episode. And uh, so, what did you learn this week, man? Well, I learned that I can't pronounce expendable and expandable. <laughs> exactly. I also learned that. So for me, I learned that you don't know what can't make the club in the tub means. So it's a real educational oh, week for you, man. Real <laughs> educational for you. <laughs> Thanks. I okay. Appreciate, appreciate it, y'all. Hey, Love wait, y'all wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to bag me like that, Mr. Havenstein, Havenstein, Havenstein. <laughs> Are you truly a Rams fan? Get out of here, dude. Okay. Okay. You calm. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, appreciate y'all checking us out this week for the Rampage Radio Pod. Um, be sure go follow us on Twitter at Rampage Radio Pod. Hit us up with a DM if you want to be a part of the show. Uh, make sure you go follow at Rams Talk. Great source for Rams information, Rams articles, three awesome podcasts. And uh, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with those five stars. And uh, as always, have a great week. Go Rams. Stay bad and stay bougie. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Rampage Radio Podcast.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.